Welcome, everybody, to the weekend wrap-up edition of the Break the Bell podcast. Hello, beautiful bell breakers. It is a long weekend. It's, it's a weird weekend. It's, it it's is. weird when it's a long weekend, because yeah. I just completely lose track of my days I know. and what's going on. I know. So. It's like, uh, it doesn't seem like Sunday. And yeah, I, we have tomorrow off, which yeah. is weird, but it is Sunday. This is like second Saturday. Yeah. So... <laughs> It is a. It's always a weird one, but I enjoy the three day weekends. But then, like I said, it just throws off absolutely yeah, everything. So we are here. I almost kind of forgot that we had to do this today because I mean it's the end of the week, so we gotta right. wrap up the week here. Yeah. So and it's been a busy weekend. We've it, had a lot of stuff going on. Oh my gosh, it really has. I've had kids' birthday parties to go to. I don't even remember what I did yesterday. That's how. <laughs> what did I do yesterday? Yeah. I oh, I went. I met up with some friends from. Back in my military days, they actually live up in Minnesota, not too far from here, and they made a trip down here to visit some other friends here in town, so we met up with them last night, which was really cool. Yeah. We haven't seen their family since 2013, I wow, think. Wow, so. that's been a long time. Yeah, so it's been a while. Yeah. So so that was fun. What have you been up to? I know you've uh, been staying busy, yeah, too. Yeah, there's a family in town. Well, my wife has family in town, so it's been kind of a... Uh, fun-filled uh, family extravaganza this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, met uh, met a friend for for lunch and friends for uh, uh, pizza last night, and nice. so just been just running around. Yeah, running around. We need a we need a we need crash. A, yeah. I need to crash hard. Is what I need. Yeah, I think tomorrow is going to be a crash day. That's what I feel too. Yeah. So we're going to get into this episode, wrapping up your week with all the unnecessary bullshit that's happened throughout yeah. throughout history of this week you yeah. know the last seven days of history it's been a lot of bullshit today or this weekend <laughs> it really has this, this whole week has just been non-stop like and it's none of it's like it all just seems like a bunch of noise is what it, it is, is. Yeah, just yeah. people making noise yeah. about stupid shit it's yeah. just like why do we even care about this stuff yeah but I, and I hate I hate the partisanshipnessness of it you know everything it's like, absolutely yeah, everything. everything is it oh well uh, the Dems do this, or Biden did that, and this, and that, 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 and, and then the Republicans and yeah, QAnon and uh, yeah, Trump. We got to throw Trump back in there still, of because course. Yeah. I mean that's that's what we hang on to. Yeah, it's so all with, that good stuff. With September 11th coming up next weekend, a lot of people doing callbacks to Bush and everything Bush has done, and so. oh, of course, obviously, and tie that with Afghanistan, all yep. that stuff. Yep. So, so that's that's all it is. It's just point playing the blame game back and forth as usual. Yeah. I did see an article, just a headline. I didn't read it because I didn't want to get my hopes up. But it said that Biden was supposed to be declassifying 9/11 paperwork, like with links to Saudi Arabia That'd to 9/11. So I don't want to get my hopes up because you remember yeah. when Trump did that with JFK yeah, papers? Yeah, right, and right. Yeah, that was a total letdown. From, yeah. yeah, and he's like, oh. I got the rest of him, but you got to vote for me to get the rest <laughs> like, of him. No, it's not even worth it. <laughs> no, no. So I, I don't think anything really came of that. And no. I don't see much coming from these, but yeah. keep an eye out on that because that's in six days, 9-11 uh, anniversary. So we have that party to look forward to, that, yeah. that I don't know, anniversary thing yeah. i'm sure 20, 20th anniversary yeah and then also biden supposedly releasing some kind of papers for that so hopefully something interesting comes out of that and we actually learn something and not just 
right. them just throwing bullshit at us that like they've been doing for 20 years. Yeah. How, how funny would it be if in Biden's dementia laden state that he releases the wrong papers? Oh. And they'd be like, no, oh, oh, they weren't supposed to know that. Well, we're going to war with Saudi Arabia now, I <laughs> <Yep>. guess. <laughs> And the Bush family. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so before we get into the episode, though, we got to remind you of our official coffee of freedom, yes. which is run your mouth coffee. They love freedom. We love coffee. So yes, it's like a match made in heaven. It is. They, they believe in free speech. They support all your rights to say whatever the fuck you want to, as long as you're not being a total asshat about it. But, yeah. I mean, you have the right to be an asshat, but I also have the right to call you an asshat Absolutely. if you're doing it. Yeah, and it's the official coffee of long weekends. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, if you are experiencing the, the drag of a, of a long weekend and you need that, that pick-me-up, as well as a, a double dose of free speech, um, go to rymcoffee.com. Tell them we sent you by using the promo code BREAKTHEBELL, all one word, break the bell, just like, you know, the, the name of our show here, Break the Bell, all one word. Just like that. 10% off your order when you enter that promo code, plus free shipping. Go do it. Drink coffee. Celebrate your freedom by drinking coffee. Absolutely. That's it. That's it. That's all, that's all you have to do. That's all we ask of you is go drink coffee and support free speech and support companies that support free speech. You ready to get into the show? Let's do it. You had sent me this article, and yes. this is obviously the most important uh, debate obviously. of history. Yes, yes. Uh, this is something that has racked my mind since I was a kid. Yeah, so when you told me that, you're like, we got to talk about this. And I was like, oh, shit, this must be really important. <laughs> so I have this article in front of me. Thanks to you from Mashable.com that is titled, What the Hell is McDonald's Grimace? Yes. I didn't realize this was still an ongoing debate. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, me- I remember asking myself this question when yeah. I was a youngster. Yeah. But I, I don't even think, do they even really have Grimace in I, you know, I don't, those characters anymore? I don't anymore? think they have any of the characters anymore. Is that anymore? the Fry Kids or the Hamburglar so. or anything? Yeah. No, huh. I don't think so. Yeah, which is crazy because growing up, it's like, you know, they, these were icons. Yeah. You know, I mean, they were in parades, and, and they did mall signings, and, and yeah, Grimace was everywhere. Apparently, it's around enough that this Christio, Christiana Silva decided to do a, she, a she's hit working piece on... on she, she wants a Pulitzer. <laughs> she does. <laughs> what the hell is a McDonald's Grimace? So we're going to... Oops, that is not what I wanted. Hold on. My screen just shared the wrong screen. It did several times. Wow. Why did it do that? There it is. All right. What the hell is a McDonald's Grimace? Bill, let's see what they have to say, because they have a couple of theories, and none of them fucking make any sense to me at all. But let's go for it. So it goes on. It starts out. It says, it's what we've all been waiting for. So (laughs) screw the 9-11 papers. Screw the JFK papers. What we've really been looking for and waiting for is somebody to release the papers, the declassify yes. the papers on what the fuck a what grimace is. is. Grimace? We're finally discovering more information about Grimace, the purple puppet man and friend of Ronald McDonald. It's all thanks to the manager of a McDonald's franchise in Windsor, Canada. Why would a manager of McDonald's know this over, <laughs> like, I don't know, you know the creators? Maybe, maybe he was exiled 
to Windsor, Canada because he knew the secret and they didn't want him to get it Probably. out. Probably. It's like the Siberia of the Western Of Hemisphere. McDonald's, yes. <laughs> During an interview about his being named Outstanding Manager of the Year. See? Wow. Right there? He knows. That's probably his, his prize for knowing. Outstanding <laughs> Manager of the Year. It, it's like they carry this briefcase. It's like Pulp Fiction, you know, and it, it glows when you open and nobody knows what it is, but it's like the secret of what Grimace is mm-hmm. inside it. Yes, he holds the key now. <laughs> He's like, is that what I think That's it is? It's not like employee of the month. It's of the year. Of the year, yes. Holy yes. shit. I need to go to the Mac, that McDonald's just because of that. So, he claims that Grimace is a taste bud. <laughs> of course. <laughs> a taste bud. Yeah. That is almost as disappointing as the JFK papers. <laughs> He is an enormous taste bud, but a taste bud nonetheless, Bates said, adding that Grimace's purpose is to show that McDonald's food tastes good. Do you know why I don't believe that or I have a problem with that? Why? Because his fucking name is Grimace. (laughs) Exactly. If he was trying to show that McDonald's food tastes good, why would he be grimacing? I agree. I agree. The word Grimace means like a nasty look on your... It's like what babies do when they eat like sour, like sucker of a lemon. They grimace. That's a grimace. So how is this a taste bud to show that McDonald's food tastes good? Yeah. And when did they come out and say like make that specify that in I, I, McDonald's? It's got to be something that like insiders know. <sighs> well, but I agree with you. The name gonna... the name gives it up. Yes. I, I mean, like you said, grimace is not something you do if you enjoy your food. No. And I feel like this guy's going to get offed for giving out the secrets. <laughs> it's one of those rumors that comes up every now and then and demands a debunk. In 2012, McDonald's tweeted matter-of-factly that Grimace is the embodiment of a milkshake. Hmm. How? He's purple. Yeah, that, they don't have any purple milkshakes. Didn't they have like a milkshake-shaped character at one point? I'm pretty and, sure and they, they think did. Like little, they're little guys, I think. Yeah, they? something I don't, I don't remember. But he, McDonald's tweets that he's an embodiment of a milkshake, but others still insist that he's a taste bud. Hmm. In 2014, the company appeared to be less sure, tweeting that Grimace lore dictates he is either the embodiment of a milkshake or he's a taste bud, so he's one or the other. But what does it mean to be the embodiment of a milkshake, and why would the embodiment be purple? Grimace started out as a four-armed villain who was intent on stealing milkshakes and started each sentence with the word, duh. It was, it would be an interesting choice for the company to make him steal milkshakes if he himself was also a milkshake. That is a paradox. Unless it was a Saving My Kind storyline, like oh. like the dogs in 90s children's movies who let out all the other dogs. That's deep. Maybe he's... Or it says, or perhaps we should just consider him the hamburglar of milkshakes. But he doesn't look like a fucking milkshake. He doesn't. No. No. He was later changed to a good guy because according to QSR Magazine column from former McDonald's creative officer Roy Burgold, he's scared kids. Yeah, he's a four-armed, <laughs> freaking gumdrop, purple gumdrop-looking guy. And they took away two of his arms and made him smile. Yes. It says, so Grimace stopped stealing, lost two of his arms, and became one of the best friends of Ronald McDonald. My guess is somebody was on fucking drugs when they came up with these characters. <laughs> or this is all they had was they just started putting material together, and that's the shape that came out of it. And they're like, meh, whatever. It looks, yeah, yeah. looks funny. I, you know what I, I think he is, is the uh, actual uh, material of a McDonald's cheeseburger. <laughs> he's a moldy cheeseburger. That's what he is. Uh, yes. yes. So, what do you think? Do you think he's a taste bug? Do you think he's a 
uh, embodiment of a milkshake, or do you? Think uh, you know, I'm gonna go with the taste bud. You think? I, I am. I, I think that that employee of the year, he's gonna be in a parade, and they're gonna be like, "Ladies and gentlemen, employee of the year," and he's gonna be waving awesome. Yeah, he's gonna get shot. They're sure. gonna off him. Yeah, grassy knoll. I guess I, I mean, if I saw something that looked like that on my tongue, <laughs> I'd go to the doctor <laughs> really damn quick. That's true. That that's. I, I think that's called herpes. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Well, when you get a freaking pedophile looking clown riding around in a shoe, I guess what do you expect from a taste bud? Right. So, yeah. There's that. That's the important news for today. Yeah. All right. Hey, thanks for coming, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> nothing else really important going on, but I guess we'll move to the less important news like Texas proposing the single, like, strongest anti-abortion laws in the history of anti-abortion laws yes. since since abortion became legal after Roe v. Wade. So everybody's up in arms about all that because apparently it's like the, what is it, the beating heart thing? Yeah, heartbeat rule, yeah. Yeah, so if there's a detectable heartbeat, you can't abort it. Right. So apparently abortion seekers are fleeing Texas and are getting a— a taste of what anti-lockdowners have felt for a year and a half. So now we're comparing, oh, of course, you knew that the abortions coming. with the anti-lockdowns and all that shit. We got, I mean, we got to throw them all in the same, yeah, mix to make sure we cover our bases. So this is from the Federalist.com, and it says, abortion seekers fleeing Texas are getting a taste of what anti-lockdowners have felt for a year and a half. That is the title. <laughs> Again, fucking long ass, way too long of a title. Yeah. Like they're not even getting creative anymore. They're just like, <laughs> here, let's just write a paragraph yeah, and for that's our the title. title. Yes. So let me pull this one up. That just exhausted me just reading that. <laughs> Less than two days have passed since the U.S. Supreme Court declined a request to block the implementation of a law in Texas that protects unborn babies whose heartbeats can be detected. And already the left has compared Texas to the Taliban, began setting up funds for Texans seeking out-of-state abortions, and called for private businesses to move their operations out of state. Sounds a bit, a little bit dramatic, maybe. A bit, a bit. Texas is the Taliban. <laughs> Good God. No doubt there are women in Texas who are pregnant but don't want the child, or who are worried about a future pregnancy they're not planned for. But the heartbeat abortion ban is the law now, meaning women whose pregnancies are past six weeks of gestation have a choice to make. Stay in Texas and let their children live. Stay in Texas and try to find someone who will kill their baby against the law or leave. For many of the, on the left, the first option is no option at all. <laughs> let it, allowing your kid to just live. <laughs> God forbid that, right? that even be an option. Yeah, no, I mean, nobody wants that. It's freaking... Nazis <laughs> insisting that children actually live after they've been freaking yeah. conceived. For many on the left, the first not an option at all, and was evidenced by abortion facilities declining to schedule September appointments for women more than six weeks pregnant. The second option will be largely off the table as well. That leaves only the option to flee Texas. Flee. Flee. You don't have to flee. This is not a fucking refugee situation. They'll let you, you leave. You literally just have to walk across the border. Yeah, right. Nobody is stopping you. <laughs> and for pro-abortion pregnant women who are rooted in the Lone Star State, this is perplexing. 
Leaving Texas doesn't just mean packing up a car. It means leaving what's familiar, finding new friends. It's called moving. <laughs> People do it all the time. And you can come back. Yes, you can <laughs> go out of state, get a fucking abortion, and come back. Or it's just like everybody who's changed jobs or anything. Yes, moving does mean finding new friends, quitting a job, and needing a new one. Yes, though that that happens. Yes. It's yes. not a new thing. No. You're making them seem like they are fucking refugees. Yeah. They're not refugees. Yeah. Possibly selling a house and paying for a new place to live, plus all the associated costs, just to name a few. <laughs> Getting yourself out from under government rule you don't like is no easy task. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> If you want to know how difficult it is, just ask one of the many Americans who felt compelled to leave blue cities and states throughout COVID-19 crackdowns, trying to escape COVID tyranny. So, again, here we go. The whole partisanship thing. Yeah. Like, we got to compare one to the other yeah. to compare all the partisanship. For a year and a half, Americans have suffered from oppressive diktats. Dick, diktats. <laughs> D-I-K-T-A-T-S. Yeah. I D dictates, but that was D I C. I, I know he spelled it wrong. Dick tats like tats <laughs> on your <laughs> oppressive dick tats, no less. They are the worst. For a year and a half, Americans have been suffering them oppressive diktats <laughs> under the guise of pandemic emergency. At the beginning, heightened caution and emergency declaration. We don't have to. We don't have to read all this about the diktats. No, we don't need to talk about diktats. We know about the COVID tyranny. Yes, yes. we're here to talk about the abortion law. And yes. look, all this is just about diktats. The diktats. The COVID tyranny. What is this? Some of the key differences. All right, we'll get, get to the bottom of this. There are two differential, two fundamental differences, however, between pregnant women learning to live under the new Texas law or trying to escape it and Americans living under the COVID regime. First, the heartbeat law came about as part of a constitutional process, while many COVID mandates did not. That's understand. That's reasonable. That is reasonable. Like it, they passed it constitutionally versus... Hey, we're just yeah, we're shutting shit down. Executive order. Yes. The Texas legislature crafted the bill, passed it, and sent it to the governor's desk where it was signed into law. The Wuhan virus restrictions didn't always work that way. Okay. Let, let's move past this bill. I This is bothering me. Yeah. Um, What do you think of this abortion law? Um, I would hope that there are some exceptions in there. You know, I mean, it's rare, but you do hear mm -hmm. about times where women's lives are in danger, and you would think that a doctor would not be so draconian that he'd be like, tough shit, you know, you're, you're, we're, we're going to try to have this baby anyways, well, even though you might die. From the way it sounds, from the way it sounds, that's not the case. That Well, I know that's what it, the way it sounds, but this person what? also made it sound like you're fleeing Eastern Germany. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look up these Texas abortion laws since... Since that article didn't really say much besides yeah. comparing it to, A, like having to flee a freaking yeah. war-torn country, or B, um, comparing it to the COVID restrictions and, and yeah. things. So what exactly, like, do people go to jail? Um, any, Texas' new abortion law will tighten grip of generational poverty? 
Hmm. Interesting. That is interesting. I yeah, I saw somebody that say something about how it's funny how uh Texas has this new law even though it's it leads the country in like uh in like newborn malnutrition and poverty and stuff really? like that. So this one's from NPR it says the Texas abortion ban hinges on fetal heartbeat and doctors are calling that misleading. What that the heartbeat is misleading? Right. Like, hey, that's not actually it's a because heartbeat. Because it's a heartbeat guys. doesn't mean it's alive, guys. Yes. So it says <clears throat> A Texas abortion law that went into effect this week reads, a physician may not knowingly perform or induce an abortion on a pregnant woman if the physician detected a fetal heartbeat for the unborn child. The new law defines fetal heartbeat as cardiac activity or the steady and rhythm or repetitive rhythmic contraction of the fetal heart within the gestational sac and claims that a pregnant woman could use that Signal to determine the likelihood of her unborn child surviving to full-term birth. Oh, shit. Ooh, shit. I almost lost. I did kind of lose my drink, a little but bit. that's all right. But the medical-sounding term fetal heartbeat is being used in this law, and others like it, in a misleading way, say physicians who spe- specialize in reproductive health. What we're really detecting is a grouping of cells that are initiating some electrical activity. <laughs> In no way is this detecting a functional cardiovascular system or a functional heart. It can't that be said about anybody's heartbeat? Yeah, isn't that all just a cluster yeah. of cells like yes, that is doing... initiating electrical activity? Yes, that's basically what a heartbeat is. When I use a stethoscope to listen to an adult patient's heart, the sound that I'm hearing is caused by the opening and closing of cardiac valves. The sound generated by an ultrasound in... Early pregnancy is quite different, she says. At six weeks of gestation, those valves don't exist. The flickering that we're seeing on the ultrasound that early in the development of the pregnancy is actually electrical activity, and the sound you hear is actually manufactured by the ultrasound machine. I, I don't know. What do you think of that? I, I think they're playing with some science there. Uh, semantics, yeah. yeah. I, I do think that it's pro- at six weeks is probably not pumping blood the way right. our heart yeah. is now. But there is heart activity there. Right. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Again. I look, I again if a woman wants to get rid of the baby, okay? Or the fetal clump of cells, whatever. <laughs> you know, you would think by 6 weeks they're going to know what they want to do, right? Yeah, possibly. I mean, it, that's just the way I would think it would be. You know, if they were raped and they have this the, the this in them, I'm sure that they would be able to make a decision by then. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I am, you know, not I, I am not you know for abortion in any term. But again, common sense. If there's mother's health, you know, in cases of rape or whatever, you know, then that's that's up to the the mother to make that decision. Um, doctors moving for this, I think I think they're. I, they're playing politics. Sure. I mean, I, that's what I think this whole thing is. It is. It, it's kid. like, hey, we're Republicans. We have control of the House and Senate here mm-hmm. in Texas, and this is what we're going to do and deal with it. Yeah, and that that's what pisses me off more than anything with bills like this. It's like, well, it's for it's for the children, or when it comes down to pro-choice, oh, it's for women's rights. And when it comes down to it, it's just all for politics. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. So, uh, I, I do think, I mean, Americans play quick and loose with, you know, I, I, I do think that they allow, you know, late-term abortions that, you know, I, I think are kind of bullshit. Very and, much, yeah. And um, I think they, they push the envelope a lot longer than most countries would, and they seem to make it seem like it's not a big deal at all. Uh-huh. Um, 
my my reason why again you know that I, I the thing that interests me okay jumping tracks but not really is that all the people that are calling this unfair and and saying well the government shouldn't legislate this and this are the same people that are calling for ma- vaccine mandates oh yeah and yeah. mask mandates right and it's like how does one trump the other my body my choice right exactly shouldn't that be 100 percent around the world right yeah yeah you would think, but that common sense doesn't do And the people that are saying, hey, you can't tell me what to do with my body because of vaccines, because I don't want a vaccine, are the same people that are saying, well, no, we're going to tell you exactly what you can do with your body. Yes. So, you know, it it's goes It's just both politics, ways. yeah. It is. And a lot of this is just so Texas can stand up and be like, do you see what we did here? Yeah. We're Republicans, and we got rid of abortion. <laughs> yeah. That's And we got our own power grid, and... <laughs> yep. And yes, Iowa's done some of the stuff before us, but you know what? People hey, care when we do it. <laughs> did does Iowa have a heartbeat? You know, uh, Iowa t- does have pretty strict abortion. Yeah, laws. they were talking about it. I don't know where they're at with it though. Uh, look that up. See see yeah. what um, Iowa's abortion laws are because if they have <laughs> if they have they, a, they passed a heartbeat, a heartbeat law two years law. ago. Yeah. <laughs> so in the meantime, on the same note, I mean, people are pretty. Up in arms about this, oh, yeah, as as any political stance on anything that gets made. But it, what's funny to me is this: is when other states get so heavily involved because Portland is now moving to ban travel from and to Texas and trade from and to Texas to protest this abortion law. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a city. Now it, it it doesn't even say Oregon. It says Portland. Just the city. A city is banning travel from the state of Texas. Does that include people like fleeing from Texas to get abortions? <laughs> because if you're going to yeah. ban travel, you got to ban all travel. It's yeah. like, oh, I just want to go to Portland to get an abortion. And they're like, sorry, we're not taking in anybody from Texas because <laughs> of their anti-abortion laws. You, you, yeah, right. <laughs> I've just never heard Irony. of... I just, like, t- Portland has just become its own like entity yeah in in this country it's like its own country like we might as well call portland chaz because it's just <laughs> corn cordon itself off from the rest of the country it's like no i don't like that so i'm not gonna t- i i don't like your kind yeah so no they they've tried uh passing a couple laws this last year but uh, the supreme court has shot them down now that's weird that the supreme court shoots them down but not texas well it's the iowa supreme court and because it's texas yeah so Portland's moving to ban Texas travel and trade to protest protest the new abortion law. That doesn't even make sense. No. Portland City Council is to consider an emergency resolution this week to ban future travel, goods, and services from the state of Texas in protest of the state's new abortion law. Do you know what this is reminiscent of? Hmm. When the MLB protested um, oh, yeah, that's right. Georgia yep. for, for the voter laws, yep. and the only people it affected was all the yeah. fucking poor people. And the funny thing about that is nobody's come out and talked about the new voting laws Texas just passed, even though they're even stronger than Georgia's. Yeah. <laughs> really. So I just find it interesting is this. Like, Portland is like, that is not fair for the people of Texas, and we protest the rights of the people in Texas so much to the point that we're not going to allow those people come to our city. Right, yeah. It's yeah. not going to affect the legislatures that legislators that pass the bill. All it's going to affect is the people in the companies yeah. that you say this bill is discriminating against. Yeah. 
And that's the same with Georgia. It's like, well, the MLB is like, well, we're not going to have the All-Star game or whatever in Georgia because of their voter laws. All that did was affect all the the people that you're supposed are supposedly being mistreated yeah. um, and like discriminated against. You're like, well, fuck you guys. We're not going to bring money to your state right. because yeah. of these voter laws, even though you're supposed to be on the side of the people, supposedly, is why you're protesting it. It's like, yeah. well, the people should have the choice. And because the people don't have the choice, fuck the people. We're not going to let them do anything in yeah. our state. Right. Makes sense. Absolutely. That, that's <laughs> dumb. That's the world we live in. Yeah. Do I need to read on with this article, or is that saying enough I, about Portland? I think Portland? that says enough about Portland. <laughs> <sighs> fuck Portland. Yeah. You know, Portland's always fucked. Let's move on. Let's move to a faraway land that th- seems to have shit more together than yes. America does. Which sounds good. Is weird to me, right? China is doing it better <laughs> than America. At least they're trying to do better. Yeah. Like they're trying to make choices to do better. Yeah. Than America by, by their the next generation than yeah. what we are. Got two articles on this. The first one decision that China is making is. In China, three hours a week of video games for children. Playtime over. Playtime's over for China's young video gamers. It says only three. They're cutting down video game use in children to three hours a week. And my kids would like cry. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Have Mine a too. breakdown. Why? So China's introducing new rules that limit the amount of time children can spend on video games to three hours a week. A move it said is necessary to combat gaming addiction. The new rules place the onus of implementation on the gaming industry. Here we go. Wow. Blame the gaming industry mm-hmm. when it's just the fucking parents' fault. So this is from Reuters. Reuters? 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 Reuters.com. Reuters users. The new rules published on Monday are part of a major shift from Beijing to strengthen control over its society and key sectors of its economy, including tech, education, and property, after years of runaway growth. Well, okay, so here it is. China is doing a thing right now where they are very concerned about like the billionaires and all their power. So they're, ver- they're reining in on a lot of those corporations and taking control of a lot of the corporations. The problem here probably isn't that they give two shits about the kids. Right. It's probably the tech industry is getting too powerful. We want to rein in this power. So we put these kind of uh, right. um, restrictions on gaming, then you pull back a lot of the profits from the private yeah. tech industries. That That's sense. probably more of the case than yeah. them being, oh, we're so concerned about the children and their mushy brains. When right. yeah. We'd rather that throw them in sweatshops making six cents an hour. So. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's probably because this says um, years of runaway growth from the tech, education, and yeah. property. So that sounds more like sounds that. like they're just kind of trying to rein in the power there. Yeah. So it goes on to say the restrictions which apply to any devices, including phones, are a body blow to a global gaming industry that caters to tens of millions of young players in the world's most lucrative market. They limit under 18s to playing for one hour a day. 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. on only Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. So they, gaming time only is 8 to 9 p.m. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yep. So not even during the school week. They can also play for an hour at the same time on public holidays. So oh. on holiday weeks. Gotcha. But what if the holiday falls on a weekend? That's kind of bullshit. That is, yeah, yeah. 
The rules of the National Press and Publication Administration regulator coincide with a broader clampdown by Beijing against China's tech giants such as Alibaba and Tencent Holdings. So again, it's just a clampdown on some yeah. of these big corporations. The rules from... Okay, I read that one. The campaign to prevent what state media has described as savage growth of some companies has wiped tens of billions of dollars off shares traded at home and abroad. Teenagers are the future of our motherland, Xinhua quoted an unnamed NPPA spokesperson as saying. Protecting the physical and mental health of minors is related to the people's vital interest and relates to the cultivation of the younger generation in the area era of national rejuvenation okay so on one side it's like hey this isn't so bad kids not playing so many video games yeah but would you want to live in a world where the government mandates how much video game you let your kids play no not at all no no and again i don't think it has anything to do with the kids and their mushy brains it has everything to do with hey these tech giants are getting out of control and we want to rein in some of this power as the Chinese government wants is it's, doing again, yeah, and like you said, it's just the the government getting itself in your home again mm-hmm. and deciding what is best for you. And like you said, even though it's it's not really even about you, right? So, do you do you think this comes to our land, our motherland, anytime soon? Do you think the no. the government will try to rein in some of that video game usage? No, not for a while. I, they yeah. they prefer people. To be have mush heads to be mushy. Yes. yes, yeah, they like the mush heads. Yeah. So the other issue that China's cracking down in is cracking down on showbiz for polluting society and youth. And the interesting part of this is one of the things they're cracking down on. First of all, they're crapping, cra- crapping, cracking also down crapping. on vulgar behavior. Uh, they're cracking down. On years of runaway economic growth, the same thing. So they're mm. saying the same thing. It's it's the runaway economic growth. On media. Growth. Yeah. Yep, the media and the big tech. But another thing they're cracking down is um, the feminization of men, male actors in Hollywood, or in whatever their Hollywood is. Interesting. Their, their show business. Yeah. China ordered broadcasters on Thursday to shun artists with incorrect political positions. So not only are we cracking down... On like the vulgarity, but mm-hmm. also people with incorrect political positions. So that's interesting. I I'll be interested to see how that goes with Hollywood, right? Because China is such a huge movie market. I it mean, is. We've seen how America has and Hollywood has changed what it releases so that it appeals to more of the the Chinese market. You know, you've seen where you know. Um, actors of public come out and apologize for things they've said. Like because, John Cena? Yeah, right, right. Because he's offended China or, you know, them changing Top Gun, you know, uh, patches because it offends China. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that the, um, you know, the whole uh, Cheng Chi movie coming out is mm-hmm. completely geared towards the Chinese market. Yeah. You know, the same thing with the Snake Eyes G.I. Joe movie. Really? And, and so... I'll be curious to see how that affects some of the the woke Hollywood stuff, you know, from China because you know China is so much more conservative in their social views. So it says incorrect political positions, which that's scary to me that right the government can come out and be like, you know, what we don't like your political positioning on this, so you can't do this. But the other thing was effeminate styles. So I'm guessing that's like. 
feminine right. styles. Yeah, right. Which, that'll be interesting, considering the direction that Hollywood's been going for years. Absolutely. So, are we now going to see, like, a shift back to, like, masculinity? <laughs> right. More like 80s movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The things that they've been saying, this toxic masculinity for, for years now, all of a sudden mm -hmm. they're going to come back and cater to the Chinese. Right. And it's going to make a comeback because China said so, even though they've spent the last part of two decades trying to yeah. move into this more feminine style. Yeah, no, I could see it. And it said a patriotic atmosphere needed to be cultivated, widening a crackdown on its booming entertainment industry. So there you go. Yeah. Crack, cracking down on a booming mm -hmm. industry. They don't like these private industries, like, exploding the way right. they are. I mean, what, since 2008, China's economy has just, like, oh, skyrocketed. Yeah. yeah. And so, and a lot of that has been under kind of the... The rule of the Chinese uh, party, the right. the government. Yeah. But as we know, corporations can get really powerful really quick, and China is recognizing this and cracking down, being like, "No, you're not going to become more yeah. powerful than the Chinese right. government. Yeah. We won't allow that." Yeah. So they've actually just done away with like a bunch of stock mm. in these companies just to make them less powerful. That's interesting. After years of runaway growth, that's like the new phrase, runaway growth. Mm. I think we will see that here. Soon in the United States, you think this, so? this runaway growth concept. Because yeah. I mean, people hate big corporations here. They do. Should I hate big corporations? Yeah. But um, the left really hates like yeah. private entities and stuff. So um, I think we'll start to see this whole years of runaway growth mm -hmm. become like a thing over here too. After years of runaway growth in the world's second largest economy, regulators have been trying to strengthen control over Chinese society by tightening oversight. Over a broad swath, I always love that word, and a swath Swath of industries ranging from tech to education and culture. Same exact thing. Mm -hmm. Like, this is just a repeat of the other yeah. article I just read. Communist Party authorities can censor anything they believe violates core socialist values and already have uh, stringent rules on content ranging from video games to movies and music. The latest moves reigning in the entertainment industry come in the wake of a series of celebrity scandals involving tax evasion and sexual assault. Two government ministries, a party agency and an industry association published fresh guidelines on Thursday with the party's pu publicity department blasting some in the entertainment industry for their alleged bad influence on the young and severely polluting the social atmosphere. Mm. So interesting concepts we got going on here. Yeah. We got like the bad influence on the the youth, which Hollywood's been doing that for years, their existence. Yeah, and then the runaway um, economy or whatever, the runaway growth in certain aspects of the economy. So, yeah. which do you think they're battling more, like the bad influence to the youth, or the the corporations getting too powerful? Oh, the corporations definitely, like like we talked about, they don't give a shit about the youth. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there is a a movement like an anti woke movement going on. It like the reversed. I guess not necessarily anti woke, oh. but like a reversal of woke it, movement. Or maybe they just see what the woke movement's doing to the United mm. States and decide they don't want any of that. I think there, I think there has to be a flip side to the woke movement at some point. Yeah, there because has you to can be. only be so woke so long right. until it just well, goes off the rails. Which right, we're seeing that. I mean. And I I think it's a generational thing. Like we're gonna get a a generation that's just like, 
the fuck's going on? What is yeah. this shit? Like, uh, yeah. did we actually allow this? Well, uh, I mean, you see some of the stuff they come out with now, and I mean, we we just laugh at it because it's like, are you serious? This is this is something you're actually coming after. So, I I mean, I wasn't even planning on talking about this, but an issue that a problem that you end up having when you have like a runaway woke movement, like the United States seems to have, where it's just right. like just going off the rails really quickly, is you're going to get. Uh, eventually, people are going to realize shit's completely out of hand here, and we got to right. get back to the basics. We got to right. get back to the essentials, and that's exactly what happened with the Taliban. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it's like I'm not. So when when you switch back, when you get that that group of people that's like, we got to get some power here so we can get back. Like that's usually when like an oppressive really stringent, right. really conservative movement comes out of this. Um, like, the example I gave, I guess, was the Taliban. Or, you know, it's just like... Like, you see it in generations from, like, parents to kids to their kids. Yeah. Like, you'll have, like, really lax guidelines, and the kids just, like, get out of hand. But then, yeah. then they end up being really strict parents because they don't want their kids to be, like, off the ra- rails right. like they were. Yeah. But then their kids are like, my parents were super strict. I'm going to be really, like, you know, right. it goes yeah. in waves. Right. So eventually, I think the reversal of this ridiculous woke movement is going to be ridiculous well, conservatism. Yeah. I mean, we you look at culture, I mean, and it, it, it it's a pendulum. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, and... And from, you know, to to Clinton, to Bush, to uh, Obama, to Trump, to Biden. I mean, it's just constantly back and forth. Mm. And, yeah, it, it's it's going to come back around. It is. So, I mean, yes, the, the wokeness, the ridiculousness of it right now, you, you, you see pushback on it. I mean, you see how, you know, um, the, the sports industries and how – People haven't don't go to movies and and you know they stop buying comic books or whatever because of of the woke movements within. Mm-hmm. It's you know it's like they they don't want that they they just want to enjoy entertainment they don't want to be pro- preached and taught to. But then if it comes back around that Hollywood's going to cater to these Chinese regulations now and it's going to put more even more restriction like stringency on certain things then it's just going to be gross because they're just doing it to cater to china no, so. and, and and that's all hollywood is mm-hmm. i mean it, it's a business they're whores they are whores they, they are, are freaking whores yes hollywood is a fucking whore <laughs> and right now it's china's whore yes i mean like you said look at all the actors that I, apologize in mandarin for yeah. upsetting another country yes. it's like we're just yes. whores yeah so i guess we can move on I said my piece with that. Okay. Uh, it's interesting that, that China is making this this movement, mm-hmm. like kind of the opposite direction the U.S. is, and it just makes you wonder what's in store for us because yeah. you look at directions other countries point, and then you can kind of gauge mm-hmm. your own country based on that, I guess. Yeah. So, and I know we're in constant competition with China, so it's just like, well, if they're getting more stringent, then we need to be even more, more stringent, you know, right. like that yeah. whole competitive thing. So, yeah, but you you see how, um, you know, what was it, the G8, where China, or I mean, with when America came together with other nations on how they were going to push back against China, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't even think that the government of the United States is in sync with the culture of the United States. No. So... No, absolutely not. So, and that, that, I mean, that's that's a problem we get into 
with yeah. everything is right. is they they're so out of touch with us and Hollywood is so out of touch with us. Yeah. And they're like, oh well, we're all like mistreated. It's just like you're a fucking billionaire. What are you talking right. about? Yeah, exactly. You don't know mistreated. Yeah. So let's move on. Speaking of mistreated, we talked last week, I think it was, about the Chicago judge yeah. that took the kid away because the mom wasn't vaccinated. Right. And that started like a shitstorm on social media. Rightfully so. Right. Absolutely. Like, from what I what I read, what we've heard, this woman didn't wasn't just like us and just like, you know, fuck your vaccines. Right. This woman was told by her doctor that she would have an adverse reaction to the vaccine and she should not take the vaccine and yet the judge an employee of the state said i don't give a shit what your doctor said you yeah. not vaccinated we're taking your kid from you and get putting him in the custody of his father yeah yeah so the state is now making medical, medical advice medical yeah. decisions telling you what you should and shouldn't be doing medically and if your doctor says otherwise fuck your doctor's you're you're an unfit parent, right? And yeah. that's I think I said last week. That's when we find out just how many much ammunition some of us store up is when yeah you come after our kids, right? Apparently, the Chicago judge reversed a decision, probably because he, he got death threats. Yeah, <laughs> that he probably he got probably got death threats. Yeah. I guarantee it. Chicago judge reversed his decision to bar unvaccinated mom from seeing her son. This is from Zero Hedge, one of my favorite news sites. It says, following a flurry of news reports on the decision, a ruling barring a mother from seeing her child for refusing to get vaccinated has been reversed by a Chicago judge. Judge James Shapiro has issued an order vacating portions of his prior order on August 11th, allowing Rebecca Furlitt to see her son again, according to Rebecca's attorney, Annette Fernholz, who gave an interview on Fox 32 Chicago on Monday. Furlitt said she has not seen her son since August 10th and that Shapiro, a Cook County judge, initially revoked her parenting time with her son until she gets vaccinated. Furlitt has been divorced from her husband for several years and said she doesn't want to get vaccinated due to previous adverse reactions to vaccines. So again, it's, it's a medical issue. Right. This doesn't say that our doctor said that, but she has had adverse reactions to vaccines, right. so she doesn't want that to happen again. Shapiro reversed his decision on Monday after the story gained traction in the media, which Fernholtz credits with helping Furlitt's case. I think there's a lot of media outcry. The divorce bar here in Illinois has been responding when they saw it on the news. Furlitt told Fox that she was surprised by the judge's reversal, but my reaction is I'm grateful. Others say the judge's motive in reversing the order was more complex. An attorney representing Furlitt's son contends that the judge's initial decision to bar her from seeing her son was more complicated than her refusing the coronavirus vaccine. So that's her own lawyer? An attorney representing oh, representing the son? Oh, interesting. Weird. The judge needs to look out for the best interest of the children, said the attorney, uh, saying Furlitt's behavior during the hearing was volatile. He was seeing something that clearly said to him, there is an endangerment to the child right now, and we're going to act on it. Okay, you tell a parent that you're going to take their rights from them because they're not vaccinated? Yeah, you're going to get a volatile reaction. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. Of course, she insists that the judge's initial decision was wrong and that the notion that she's an endangerment to her child is ridiculous. It definitely was not a reason to take my child away from me. 
I'm not an endangerment to him. Nothing was filed about that. Nothing that we were in the hearing for had anything to do with that. So what the attorney's saying is bullshit because she's saying there's no paperwork saying that I was an endangerment. Everything was just basically in regards to this vaccine. All right. And I think he's just covering his ass completely on this. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, he's getting worlds of shit from oh, this. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. It, as soon as it popped up on social media, it was like, fuck. Uh, I didn't know this was going to get out <laughs> that fast. It's just a power trip is all it, it is. is. Yeah, it is. And it's not anything, well, her her behavior was volatile. Her She was an endanger, clearly an endangerment to the child. No, yeah. no. It no. had everything to do with the vaccine. Yeah. Otherwise, he wouldn't have even said those words at yeah. all. Yeah, oh, so. absolutely. Yeah. So to come back and be like, well, there was a little bit more to it. No, there wasn't. There wasn't. <laughs> and the fact that he reversed it mm-hmm. tells me it was all bullshit in the yeah. first place. Because if you actually feared for like the endangerment of this child, you wouldn't have caved to pressure right. on social media and reversed yeah. it. And if, if you, you did, act- you're a bad judge. <laughs> you're a horrible, <laughs> shitty judge. If I had anything to like, I'm I'm afraid for this kid's life, so you can't see him, and yeah. then gets all this backlash in the media. He's like, fine, ah, fine. He, yeah, she can. You know what? You go just go to your house unsupervised. <laughs> it, it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it is. Because again, if it wasn't pure bullshit, he wouldn't have reversed yeah. it at all. It's. <laughs> he he realized I kind of fucked up here. Yeah, right. And so right. I, 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 I kind of to, overstepped my bounds. Yes, which he did absolutely. And um, <laughs> I could see him not getting reelected. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, because of something like yeah. this. Someone probably came to him and was like, "Look, it's an election year, man. You, you're you're doing this to yourself." Yeah, he's like, yeah. "Fine." You're kind of fucking yourself over right now. Yeah. So please, yeah. please pull back on this. So. I don't know. What do we think about this judge now? He's a piece of shit. Mm. You know, he he's trying to push an agenda. He got caught, and now he's trying to reverse it. What do you think should happen to? Do you think? I I think, and this is my always been my complaint with judges, is that there should be a complete like bio of every judge that's rerunning for office, so you can yeah. see decisions that they've made, things that they've supported. You know, and and that way you can decide because otherwise, when you're going to vote and to see if you're going to retain a judge or not, you don't know this guy from Adam. You know, mm-hmm. and so there should be a complete portfolio on each of these guys. So yeah. you can be like, oh, this is the asshole that took the rights away from the mom because she wasn't vaccinated. I'm not voting for his ass. I feel like child custody judges hold way too much power. Oh, they do. They do. Like, I mean, you hear the horror story, especially it typically. Is on the dads, like yeah. against the dads, yeah. at least from like. I mean, look at all the decade. horror stories. You know, that dad becomes Santa Claus, kids suddenly not allowed to see his dad anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you see it all the time in the movies. Yeah, it's like you know. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, they just wield way too much power. I think there should be. Well, and what's their expertise? Like a, it, it's it's not like. They have any like um like family you know like you know tr- training and family structure or yeah, psychology maybe, I was or... gonna say maybe maybe custody judges should have like a family psychological background right. not they just a, absolutely a law background yeah. yeah exactly because the law background doesn't show you shit Mm-mm. it doesn't show you the well being of the kid it doesn't show you no. like what's best for the kid if you don't yeah. have some kind of like family psychological yeah. background and, and then you can appoint somebody but even then it's like. You don't know what they're telling you is right or not, you know? Right. So I think 
I don't know. I think the whole custody um, structure is is fucked up, majorly fucked up. It is. It should be like, <coughs> excuse me, should be like a panel maybe mm-hmm. of like, and you have like the cust mm-hmm. or the psychological people, like counselors mm-hmm. and like, um, like even like a jury of the peers for yeah. for custody battles. I think should also include a some kind of jury of the peers yeah. that like actually have human hearts and not just right. um this guy on a power trip that sits behind a bench and's like fuck you I don't I didn't like how, the way you looked at me today yeah. so I'm just taking custody from you and giving it to right yeah the mother or the father or whoever yeah so and how many times did the kid get put in a shitty situation where um the kid ends up like getting abused or or killed right. because of shitty decisions by yeah. absolutely custody judges yeah I don't know if if you have experience with with custody judges, neither one of us have had child custody experiences I, a little personally. A little bit, yeah. When my parents were divorced, um, oh, I guess yeah, yeah. They they um they asked me who I wanted to live with, you know, and I was like, well, my dad. And they asked my sister, my older sister, um, who she wanted to live with, and she she said she wanted to live with my mom rather than my dad. And the reason was because my mom would let her do whatever she wanted, and my dad would not. So she put my two sisters together because she thought the ju- or he the judge thought that it'd be best if they were together mm-hmm. with my mom, and of course yes my my middle sister ran roughshod did what she wanted ended up running away with her boyfriend when she was mm-hmm. sixteen and bailed on the other sister right and did any um, without getting too personal did any psych- psychological evaluation come into effect with the custody battle here no no and, and they should have should have oh hell yes <laughs> oh, yes yeah yep. so. There, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a very broken system. It is, yeah. And I'm sure they they're trying to come further. But when you can have a judge that says you're not vaccinated, we're taking your fucking kid away. Yeah, I mean There's that's a, a broken there. system. Absolutely. So, and who knows how this psychologically affected the kid? Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't say that the kid wanted to go to the dad or the mom. It doesn't even right. Yeah, doesn't even give that side of the story. Exactly. Now this whole case just turns into the mom that got the kid taken away because of the vaccines, and absolutely. that's going to be what he's known for for the rest of forever. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So he's it's just a politi- he's a political pawn now he at is. this point. He, he's Ilanzio, or wh- who's the kid from the '90s that came from, uh, from the Cuban Cuba? kid? Yeah. yeah, the Cuban. Yeah, kid. I can't I can't think of his name, but yeah, you're right. It's just a political pawn, just to make headlines. Yeah, that's all it is. Make the Fox News headlines, the yep. CNN headlines. Oh yeah. So let's move on. We got a couple more things. Jumping back across the seas, we got Biden is pledging more money to Ukraine. And I didn't even know this was still an ongoing thing. Yeah, because we kind of forgot about this. this. Yeah, yeah. Because we know the shading dealings with Hunter Biden, and supposedly Trump was digging into those dealings and then yeah. Trump got impeached for like threatening to withhold money from Ukraine mm-hmm. and now I guess we got Biden pledging 60 million dollars in military aid to Ukraine. Yes. And you think that's going to piss off Russia a little bit? A, a bit, a bit. So it says the Biden administration has pledged to provide Ukraine with an additional 60 million dollars in military aid ahead of Ukrainian president Volodymyr Zelensky's First face-to-face meeting with Biden, which is scheduled for Wednesday. So he's promising this aid before he even meets with the guy. Right, yeah, it's bizarre. It's almost like dangling Mm -hmm. a carrot for a guy. The weapons package includes Javelin anti-tank missiles, small arms, ammunition, and aid kits. Earlier this year, the Pentagon approved a $125 million aid package for Ukraine that included two armed Mark 
six patrol boats. So we're looking at 175 million or 185 million dollars this year. Hmm. Says Congress approved a total of 275 million in lethal aid, lethal aid for Ukraine. I like how they use the term lethal aid. That's very deadly weapons is what yes, they should call exactly. it. Exactly. So more packages could be approved this year. Since the U.S. backed coup in Ukraine in 2014, the U.S. provided Kiev with over $2 billion in military aid, stoking tension with Moscow. Gee, I wonder why. Imagine a hypothetical scenario here. Imagine if maybe perhaps Russia was to send a bunch of lethal aid to like a neighboring island just south of our Florida border. <laughs> Sure. Like like Cuba, perhaps. Sure, John. Imagine if if Russia was to ha- send two billion dollars in military aid to Cuba, just to, yeah. like hypothetically. What do you think? How do you think we'd respond? I'd probably look at it as an act of war. But maybe like a Cold War scenario, yeah, like a like a Cuba missile like crisis a, scenario. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So, but but that's that's pro- provocative if they send like military aid to mm-hmm. Cuba. But if we send military aid to Kiev. To Ukraine, right. I mean, that's supposed to be right. okay. Yeah. Not provocative yeah. in any way. No. Huh. No. All right. Just, I mean, that was just hypothetical. Yeah, Nothing no, like absolutely. that would ever happen. No, but. no. In a notification on the new $60 million aid package, the Biden administration said it was necessary due to Russia's buildup along the Ukrainian border. It sounds like we're just starting another Cold War with mm-hmm. Russia. Yeah. A source at a U.S.-based firm that engages closely with the Ukrainian government said the Ukrainians are seeking a substantive defense security cooperation agreement, including more lethal assistance from the U.S. Deadly weapons. Just mm-hmm. say it what it is. Mm-hmm. Deadly weapons. Yeah. As a way to counter Russia, both practically and symbolically. Symbolically. <laughs> okay. Russia's military involvements in the region are in part due to the increase in U.S. and NATO, NATO activity— in the Black Sea, but to Washington, Russia is always viewed as the aggressor. So Russia is saying that they're building up on the coast because the U.S. and NATO is building up in the Black Sea, and so the U.S. is responding to Russia's buildup in response to the U.S. and NATO's <laughs> buildup. Yeah. See where this is? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't see where this is going. This yeah. is Well, they're trying to, they're trying to get uh, Ukraine to join NATO, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Like, to counter Russia. Yeah, absolutely. It's just to be a buffer zone is all mm, it is. You know, just is. like Afghanistan's a buffer zone, mm-hmm. just like all these other countries are just buffer zones. Yeah. I mean, we're just going to fight our proxy wars in Ukraine. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, mean, that's it, exactly. Tensions were high in the region earlier in the year due to a flare-up of violence in Ukrainians' eastern Donbas region, a war that was sparked by the 2014 coup in which some members of the Biden administration played an integral role. That's it. That's all it says about it. So, do we have a war with Russia impending? Or do you think, uh, are we just... No, it'll just be proxy wars. Are we just puffing our chest? We're puffing our chest. Yeah, I mean... So, we don't have the balls to go after Russia. But we don't have the balls to go after China, either, no, I don't, don't think. But we don't. And so, that's why we're we're letting Taliban run loose, and that's why we're we're... Beefing up uh, Ukraine, and we're beefing up um, um, what is the uh, uh, is it Singapore? What's the other country over there? Taiwan. Taiwan, yeah. And we're beefing Hong up Kong? all the other countries, and and saying you know, and and supplying them with weapons so that they can you know do do our dirty work. 
It's just a mess. Mm, and they're going to beef up countries that we're involved with so they can do their dirty work against us. And it just Are they going to beef up Cuba again, you think? No, I don't think they will. I bet Venezuela. Who but, was, uh, you said China was sending, like, bought oh, an yeah. island off of El Salvador? Yeah, yeah. They bought an island yeah. off of South America. Yeah. China just bought an island. Yeah, yeah. Just set up a base there, or a naval base there, you think? Or? Um, yeah, they're probably using it for trade. I, I, I heard that China has a lot to do with uh, lithium mines in Mexico. Oh. Um, so, you know, and other um, type lithium mines throughout South America. So I imagine they're going to use that place as kind of like a, a base of export. Did I read that there was a lot of lithium mines in Afghanistan? You did. Okay. You I, did. I, th- I couldn't remember if I dreamed that or what. Is lithium no. like the new... Yes. Um, oil, yeah. So we're, we're finding all these lithium enriched places, and now instead of going to fight freedom for oil, now we're going. They need our freedom because we found lithium <laughs> in these countries. Yes. Lithium is the oil of the 21st century. It so. is. Yes. So if you have mass stocks of lithium, you can guarantee a war will be coming to a country near you. Absolutely. So it's the new oil. Yep. You brought up the Taliban and. I did. We got to end with the Taliban, I guess. We are out of time, but apparently the Taliban is refusing to allow planes of Americans to leave. Effectively, a hostage situation is going on. Interesting. In Afghaniland. So, which we we knew that was coming. Yeah, we did. I didn't think they were going to stop anybody from leaving, though. I assumed they would. I mean, why would they? Well, Especially I... Afghanis that are trying to flee the country. Yeah. So yeah. this is from the Daily Wire. It says the Taliban is reportedly not allowing flights carrying American citizens and green card holders to leave Afghanistan. CBS News reported that according to congressional and NGO sources, I love NGO sources yes. because those are the powerful companies, non-governmental organizations mm-hmm. that try to play gods in other yeah. countries. Like Davos is all NGOs. Mm-hmm. Like the the World Economic Forum is partnered with right. NGOs. The people, all the companies that think they know what's best for the world. Mm. So according to congressional and NGO sources, multiple planes that are ready to take American citizens and green card holders out of the country are being denied permission to leave by the Taliban. A State Department email viewed by CBS News said that the flights out of Afghanistan have permission to land in Qatar if and when the Taliban agrees to take off. So it could be indefinite hold. A senior congressional source told CBS News that the Taliban is basically holding them hostage to get more out of the Americans Hmm. (laughs) because our weapons and our... (laughs) Our tanks and stuff wasn't enough. The group Ascend, an NGO that teaches young women leadership through athletics, weird, teaches young women leadership through athletics, told CBS News they have two planes that have been waiting for six days ready to take off between 600 and 1,200 people, including 19 American citizens and two permanent residents. The planes are not currently loaded. The passengers are being held nearby because the Taliban won't let them into the airport, according to a senior congressional source. Since we pulled out, how many Afghan allies have gotten out since the Taliban was in complete control? Fox News anchor Chris Wallace asks. Chris Wallace. No, boy, Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace says, since we pulled out. Is that a good Chris? That is a really good Chris Wallace. Zero, McCall responded. And in fact, we have six airplanes at Mazar Sharif Airport, six airplanes with American citizens on them as I speak. Also with these interpreters and the Taliban is holding them hostage for demands right now. 
the fact that we're talking about what Fox News is talking about sickens me because I've I watched I was at a job. I wasn't Yeah. I, I wasn't intentionally watching Fox News, but somebody was playing Fox News in the background yeah. as I was setting up a camera system at a job. And it was just constant war whoring like we we got to go back and blow the mm. blow these up and why aren't we blowing this up and why aren't we doing this militarily and it's just like constant war whoring like trying to get us back into Afghanistan from Fox News and so for this piece to come out it's just like Chris Wallace saying that Afghan allies have not gotten out since the Taliban was in complete control it's just yeah them saying hey we got to go back and do something yeah and Which we won't. We, we won't. We won't, but one side is going to say that we should, and one mm-hmm. side is going to say that we shouldn't, and these people that are supposedly being held hostage are just going to ultimately be the problem. Yeah. Like, they're going to either die, or they're going to never get out, or they're going to be yeah. thrown in jail, or they're just going to be the pawns. But Biden will give them money, and they'll release the Americans, mm-hmm. and, and it'll, that'll be it. Probably trade like a bunch of like stinger missiles, stinger missiles, and nuclear bombs yeah. and stuff. You know, the the way America does business. Yeah. So, still a mess in Afghanistan. No, without a doubt. You think it's? You I, think they're overplaying it, or do you think they're downplaying it? I think that they're. I think the side that is reporting is reporting on what they want mm. to exploit. So I think you have those on MSNBC that or the the left side that's trying to make the case for what they think they need to and then the side on the right making a case for what they feel like they need to which is probably us going back in. Yeah. I don't see us going back in. Again, I feel like we've we've sold out to Taliban. I feel like we have a good deal and not a good deal. I'm sorry, a strong deal in place. And we've given them what and free reign, and there is no going back. Mm-hmm. And we're going to sit there and t- tell them on public on the news how horrible we think they are and everything. But at the same time, be like, you guys got this. Yeah, you're probably not wrong. Do you think he does some kind of like shifty agreement to get the people out of there? Yeah, it's probably. probably in the works to begin with, but yeah. didn't want to make it look like, hey, we're just doing. Yeah. Like giving them military aid, but we will trade military aid for yeah. these what couple hundred or whatever six hundred to twelve hundred people. people yeah. will trade some some stuff to get them out of there, and then yeah. Biden looks like he just right single handedly saved these hostages, you yeah. know. But in reality, we just gave Sc- them more shit, screwed the pooch. Yeah. So, yeah. what do you think? What do you think of all that's going on in the world? I I think it's escalating quickly. Yeah, you think yeah. it's going to erupt soon, or you no. think it, it's going to keep simmering for I would say about another um, I don't know ten years you think so? before it blows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You... Because you know they got to go through the next Republican president, and then the next Democratic president will come up, and the Democratic president will be the one that blows the lid off it all. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Next Republican might be the one that like pulls the trigger if we get some trigger happy Trump guy that's just like nuke them all. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I It seems like when you when you look at like the last 20 years, yeah, Bush did a big push to get in, but I mean, a lot of the wars escalated under Obama and yeah. then Biden. Yeah. So I I don't know. I, you know, I again, I think it's going to um 
it's going to keep growing up and until it. I, I don't see it blowing for another 10, 15 years, though. No? Huh. I, I, I see it getting out of hand faster than that. You think so? I think they probably want it to simmer just to keep tension on mm-hmm. edge, but there's a lot of unknowns when it comes to like some of these third world countries. Like, yeah. You get a group of people that's like, I'm tired of this shit. Yeah. And things just <laughs> go awry really, really freaking fast. Yeah. And it's just like, well, I didn't see that that group forming. We never yeah. saw that one coming at all. And people just get pissed off of being the pawns right. in the middle of it. Like the Ukrainians might get pissed off that they are being pawns between the U.S. and the Russians. Then yeah. the Afghanis are, gonna, are getting pissed off that they're the pawns between the Pakistanis and the Americans. Yeah. And you're going to get a group of people that is just like, you know, fuck all this. Yeah. And... I, I just, I see it kind of like after World War II, you know. I mean, the Russians were making moves, um, but Truman didn't want to make it anything, you know, because he's like, we just got out of this massive war. I can see it being like, look, we just got out of a 20-year war with Afghanistan. We need a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's let's just wait, okay? Let's not do anything. Let's just kind of sit back and... Well, it's like they like to see how far people will push to, other countries will push, just to give them more yeah. reason to... Go in something. It's just like, eh, let's see where this goes. They, I mean, we did it with the Nazis. We did it with the Russians. Just like, eh. I mean, yeah, they're pushing into Ukraine, but I mean, do we really want to get involved? Right, exactly. Or a better example with uh, the Gulf War with Saddam Hussein. When we're like, what happens in the Middle East stays in the Middle East. We don't give a fuck what that, that has nothing to do with us. And then Saddam Hussein's like, oh, okay, let, let's go. And then we're like. Fuck you! You can't do that, and then go like blow up their country. Right? Yeah. So it's it's like we like to like almost entrap them and lure them into doing shit. And just yeah. Be like, nah. I mean, you do your thing. We're yeah, yeah. Well, well and and yeah, and that's totally how it was with Saddam Hussein. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Saddam Hussein so. after he went after Kuwait was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You said it was okay. You, you, <laughs> you said we were cool. No, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't go back. There's no backseat. <laughs> you can't go backseat you in imagine, war. <laughs> can you imagine? His reaction when Bush Senior was just like, "Going to war? We're, we're coming to get you now!" Yeah. And he's just like, "What? Yeah, wait. We you, just had this conversation you, yesterday. You said it was okay." <laughs> yeah, we are about out of time. Yes. Um, the world I, is simmering. It is, and, and I had a moment before I came on the air of something that I, I read. A guy I, I've known for years, he collects comics also, and he had written on Facebook. He's like, "I, I was doing dishes, listening to Star Wars music." And I got to thinking about the rebellion and against the evil empire and, and how they were against the authoritarian people. And I was like, holy shit, Han Solo is Che Guerrero. And I about lost it. I was like, no, no, Han Solo is not a racist homophobe that killed thousands of people. To implement a really tyrannical government. Yeah, yeah. And then what, Fidel is is Princess Leia? <laughs> So I just couldn't believe that, but that's that's how the left thinks, and so I mean I'm sure that's how both sides think. Oh, they do, they do. Right. The right thinks that Donald Trump is uh, Han Solo. The left right. thinks that Che Guevara is Han Solo. Han Solo, and and then Trump would be the evil emperor. But then the right would think that Trump is Luke Skywalker. Trump is Luke Skywalker, and. Um, Hillary's the evil Hillary, empire. Yeah, which isn't too far. Off. No, I mean, she kind of looks like she the evil does. emperor. Oh yeah, and she doesn't go away like the evil no, emperor. No, she keeps cloning bodies. Yes, and coming back. 
We got to get out of here. <laughs> right. On that note, the world is simmering. We are being distracted by all this other shit, like all this stupid abortion stuff, all this stupid um, mask and vaccine stuff, while all this shit's going on and simmering and boiling to a head. Mm-hmm. But don't pay attention to that shit. Just pay attention to like yelling and screaming at your neighbors on social media, because that's easier. Absolutely. So, going to get out of here. Make sure you check us out tomorrow for the live stream edition. I get that it's Labor Day, but what a better way to celebrate Labor Day than to sit down with the family and listen to our good, wholesome live conversation. Yes. I think we're going to talk about horse dewormers tomorrow. I like it. Yeah? Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say. Okay. Let's talk about horse dewormers tomorrow. It sounds good. I need some. Yes, we do. <laughs> that sounds gross. <laughs> Your horses don't want worms, and neither should you. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow, and that's your family wholesome Labor Day special. So 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Make sure you invite the family. Have a good like family dinner yeah. around like a fire or something while you listen to our wonderful banter. Yes. We'll be back here tomorrow. Don't miss it. Like and share us all over social media. Smack that like and share button because we love you for it. Absolutely. And it makes us feel good. It does. Makes our head bigger when you like and share. So very much so. You ready to go? Yeah, Get out of here, enjoy our weekend. You got a concert to go to. I do. So peace. Have a good weekend. We'll catch you next time. Goodbye. The Break the Bell Podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Remzo and Justin. A shout out to our sponsors, Run Your Mouth Coffee, the On The Run Podcast, and Goulash Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell, or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next week and let us continue to invade your ear holes, and as always, never stop talking.